Hi, this is Pastor Rusty Gunther, First Baptist Church of Blowing Rock. I want to thank you for finding our podcast page, and I'm excited about today's message that was recorded on August the 18th, 2013, because it's the introduction to a new sermon series we're doing called Life-Changing Apps. We're going to be walking through the book of 1 John, discovering the truths and principles that John outlines that we can apply to our everyday lives, principles that help us become more like Jesus in everything that we do. I believe these applications, or apps as they're called, will help each one of us discover the joy that comes from living the Christian life. I hope you'll join us each week as we walk through this exciting book. Today's message is entitled, There's an App for That as we introduce the series, but also look at the importance of applying the Word of God to our lives. Not just be listeners, not just be hearers, but be doers of the Word. I hope you enjoyed today's message recorded in our 930 service, and we go to it in progress. The trumpet sound Oh, may I then in Him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Christ Savior's love through the storm. excited this morning because we are starting a new series, and it's a series that I am really excited about, uh, a very practical series, uh, a series that I think you will get quite a bit out of, so I hope you'll join us each week as we have this new series. Uh, I want to start by, by asking how many of you have uh, smartphones or iPhones. If you have one, take it out. I know you don't, people, your pastor said, put it up, put it up. No, I'm telling you, take it out. I want you to take it out right now. I want you to look at it. So some of you are hitting it. Some of you put it. Get it out for me. Uh, put it on mute. Nobody wants to hear your crazy ringtone in the middle of service. So I have to tell you while you're getting it out, uh, I am somewhat uh, a technophobic uh, in that uh, I just reject technology. 
Uh, I feel sometimes kind of like that old man in, in the lawn chair, you know, yelling at the kids to get off the grass and turn the music down because, you know, it's like I don't need all this technology, you know. You guys can do it. I, I held out on cell phones forever. I, uh, when cell phones first came out, uh, everybody was getting cell phones. I, I decided I didn't want a cell phone. I didn't want people to get a hold of me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I didn't want to be accessible all the time. I had a bag phone in the car, you know, if somebody needed me, I had that emergency phone uh, we could carry. My wife got a cell phone. I, I just wouldn't get one. Uh, then finally, the uh, church I was serving at got cell phones for all of the staff so that we could be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they, they gave us phones, but I, I, I refused to get any of the bells and whistles. All the other staff members were getting, downloading stuff and upgrading, and I, I said, just give me the basic thing. I just want the basic. And it was one of those uh, big, you know, big flip phones like this, right? Uh, you know, and it opened up at the top. And so, but that was fine with me because it was just a phone. You see, I think sometimes today we forget these are phones, right? Uh, you know, I see teenagers, they're sitting across from each other texting each other. And I want to go, no, no, no. You know, if you need to talk, you call. It's a crazy concept. But uh, I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, then last year, I, and I, I stayed that way forever. I just re- I didn't want to get on the iPad or uh, iPhone bandwagon. I, I kind of stayed off of all that. And, uh, you know, I was proud that I stayed off of all that. Some of you probably flip phone holdouts. You got any flip phone holdouts here today? Yes, yeah, still some. There you go. So there you go. Not bad. I held out. And then last year I went on a trip with some of my friends, some of my buddies, uh, and we were uh, traveling, and uh, they all had iPhones. I had my flip phone. And, uh, you know, they would, we'd try to decide where we were going to go eat. And they were popping up these apps and saying, look, you know, I, we can eat here and we can eat there. And, you know, hey, we can go rent uh, bikes from here. And we can do, I was like, you can do all that with your phone? And so, you know, it was free for me. They've been begging me to upgrade forever. And so I just said, let's just upgrade. And so I got one. Now, being a technophobe, there's something else that happens is when I get technology, I dive all the way in. I, I don't just go a little. I learn everything I can about it. So when I got my iPhone, uh, I started downloading apps, right? And uh, I downloaded apps and I downloaded apps. And I, uh, you know, it, it, I was like, Bible? I can have a Bible on here and I can have different translations. I can have eight translations. Wow, you know, and download that and maps and restaurants and I, I mean I had I have apps that I didn't even know what they were for or what they did I just knew I was supposed to have them right because that was what was cool you got to have an app and so I, I mean I, I filled the thing up with apps now uh, I'm still kind of holding out I've got buddies that preach with their uh, iPads uh, you've seen some of these guys and, and that, it's a big trend now as they get everything on their iPad and all they carry up you know and hold is their iPad and I just for some reason, I can't do that. I just feel like if I do that, then I've got to start wearing skinny jeans and a V-neck and get one of those big watch face things, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just kind of holding out, uh, not trying to stereotype anybody. But, that, you know, I, I just kind of hold out on that. Now, let me show you a trick while you got your iPhone out. We've been talking about witnessing these last couple of weeks, and a buddy of mine told me that they do this. Uh, turn your iPhone on where you see your face or your smartphone or whatever where you can get to your apps. Uh, any of you have Facebook app on your iPhone? Anybody? Facebook app on your iPhone, open your Facebook app, okay? Punch on Facebook. It may take a second because the network's slow. We live here in Blowing Rock, and it's like, uh, you know, a squirrel running on a treadmill to get our networks going around here. But it, it may come up. Open Facebook. When you open Facebook, uh, over at the top right-hand corner, it has a thing that says check in. And you can click that check-in. So click that check-in, and what should come up is a bunch of places that are right around here, including First Baptist Church of Blowing Rock. 
Uh, maybe the one that'll come up is the one with our church logo. I don't know if it'll come up because sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. That's our Facebook page. Uh, but click on that. Click on check in and then First Baptist Blowing Rock. Click on that. Uh, and then you can, you can push post. But hang on. Uh, if you're feeling real adventurous, here's something else you can do. Instead of just pushing post, you can add a comment. You can put next to that something like, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Or you could put a scripture verse that maybe you're thinking about today. Or maybe uh, you could put uh, just loving Jesus with my church family or hanging out with Jesus and my church family or whatever you want to put on there. You can put a comment and then push post. So if you just want to check in, just push post. Uh, And then I want to tell you what you've just done. Uh, as, as we push post and you check in or you write your comment, uh, many of us don't realize if, you know, last week we had over 300 people in our two services. If we had just 100 people in this service uh, and next service that just did that on Facebook when they came in, just checked in, uh, and each of those people had average 300 friends. I know some of you got a lot more, some of you may have less, but just 100 people had 300 friends. Do you realize that there was the potential for 30,000 people just by 100 people checking in to hear about our church. <coughs> Think about that, to, to be experiencing what our church is all about. Uh, you know, and you don't know what God could use. You don't know if you've got a friend that's at home considering getting back involved in church. A friend that's thinking about maybe going to church somewhere, and they haven't even thought about First Baptist Church of Blowing Rock. Uh, over 50% of the first-time guests that I meet in our services tell me that they, before they came to our church, they either went to our Facebook page or our website to learn about our church. Is that not incredible to think about the, the potential? Now, let me give you another example. If you type something in there, Scripture, this is the day, whatever, you, you just posted a witness. See, you don't know. Your little quick check-in, you don't know who's going to get up this morning that's had a horrible weekend, who's hurting, who's struggling, who, who's having a difficult morning, and they're going to get up, and you're their friend, and so it's going to come up, check in at First Baptist Church of Blowing Rock. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And somehow you don't know what the Holy Spirit may be doing in their life just by something so simple. Isn't it time we take some of these things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and use them for the kingdom of God? I mean, make a difference. We've got all these tools, but we're not using them. I want to challenge you. The next four weeks that you come to church, every time you pull in, check in. Think of something you can type in. So something that the Lord puts on your heart. See, and then see what kind of response you get. You'll be surprised how God will use that to make a difference. Now back to your apps. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you on to something. How many of you have more than 25 apps on your phone. You say, I can't count them real quick. 16 on, on iPhone, 16 per page. If you've got more than two pages, you've got more than 25. Anybody? How many of you have more than 50? That's four pages. Anybody have more than four pages? I have 73, okay, 73 apps. Um, and, and now, don't laugh at me because some of you are going, i got 100, you know, and it just depends on the, the size of your memory. And what I discovered was a couple of weeks ago, uh, my memory started getting low. I was running out of memory on my phone. And so I decided what well, the easiest way to clear up some memory is to go and delete some apps, uh, right? Some of these apps, I have all these pages of things that, I, you know, I don't even know what they do, so I'm going to start deleting them. So I started going through my apps trying to decide which ones I could delete, which ones I couldn't. Now, that sounds a lot easier than it is because you start looking and thinking, well, maybe I'll use that. Well, maybe that one's important. If you had to delete some apps from your life, what would you delete? Now, apps just stands for application, and that's important for us to understand. If we had to delete some of these things, which one would you keep? 
the important ones? And which ones would you get rid of? You see, I think as Christians, we do the same thing every day. See, the Bible is full of apps, applications. And some of us, we, we can't decide which ones do we apply, which ones we don't. Uh, you know, I'm so busy and I have all these things going on in my life. Which ones are really important? Which ones aren't important? Which ones do I need to use? Which ones are for my marriage? Which ones are for raising my kids? Which ones are for me personally? Uh, what do I do with those things? You see, the Bible reveals to us who God is. That's why it was written. It was written to show us the nature and the person of God and his plan of salvation. But it was also written to help you and I, those that follow Jesus Christ, apply truth to our life to experience abundant life. If you've got struggles in your life, there's an app for that. You want to experience peace and joy and grace, there's an app for that. You, you want to uh, experience the abundant life that the Bible's talking about? There's an app for that. You see, the, the principle is understanding what those apps can do and using them. Because you see, I think a lot of us are just like what I was with my cell phone. We, we have all these apps, but we just don't use them. And we come into church week in and week out, and we hear all of these applications, all of these things that we can add to our lives that will change your life, that will speak to your circumstance, that will speak to your situation, and we just don't use them. And then somewhere down the road, we find out that it was on our phone, it was on our life all along. See, the Bible's not just meant to be preached. It's meant to be practiced. It's not just meant to, for you to come and hear and, and think about the, what's said and write notes down. It's meant to take and apply it into your life. You see, you can come and memorize this whole book. You can come and know all the, the names of the apostles. And you can come and explain every theory of the book of Revelation. But if you're not taking it and applying it to your life, you're missing it. And you see, what I'm afraid is that many believers, especially young believers, new believers, struggle with how do we apply this to this. So what we do is we, we dig out little pieces and we say, maybe I can do this and maybe I can do that. See, the Bible was written to set us free. The Bible was written so that we could make a difference with Jesus Christ in our life. So that we can experience all that he has for us. See, one of the most famous passages... In the Old Testament, uh, it, it was, it's used even today in every Jewish worship service. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. And the Shema comes right after the Ten Commandments. And, and this is something that most Jewish services start out with. Now, the word Shema comes from the Hebrew, which means hearing. Uh, and it's, but it's more than hearing. There is an implied understanding that when you hear something, you will apply it to your life. Now listen to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, 1 through 6, 1 through 4. It's all part of the Shema there uh, that they read, that they place real importance on in Jewish worship. And even in Jesus' day, I want you to listen to what he says. These are the commands and decrees and laws of God that he directed me to teach you. And then verse 4. Hear, O Israel. That word hear, Shema. Listen, apply Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. For love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and all your strength. For these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them 
them on your foreheads. That's why the, the literal uh, Orthodox Jews, the, if you've ever been somewhere where there's an Orthodox Jewish culture, they'll have the phylacteries on their head, those things sticking off their head. They'll bind these things on their hands because they literally take this. Instead of saying, apply this, they're literally taking the Word of God and, and binding it on their hands. It says, uh, tie these symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. What, what the principle here? is that we're to take the Word of God, that which we hear, and apply it. We're to take it and use it. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty-two seventeen, pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise and apply them to your lives. Proverbs twenty-three twelve says, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Last year in our study of James, we heard James tell us and warn us in James 1, He says, don't just be hearers of the Word. And so deceive yourself, but do what it says. See, what James was warning us in James chapter 1 is that when we just hear it and we don't apply it, we deceive ourselves into thinking everything's okay. We deceive ourselves into the idea that, well, I've got the app if I ever need it. It's not there if you ever need it. It's there to be used all the time. He says, do it. Do what it says. Jesus quotes John in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, do what I commanded. The Message Bible says, if you love me, show me by doing what I've told you. One of my favorite Proverbs, which I've given you in the, the blue sheet, is Proverbs chapter 2, and it gives a wonderful direction on how we can apply the truths of the Word of God to our lives. As you read, I want you to listen. See if you can hear these apps jump out at you. My son, if you accept my words, the word accept there means to believe. If you believe what I'm telling you, if you store up my commands within you, what do you do when you store up? You memorize, you remember, you put it down deep inside. If you turn your ear to wisdom, that means to listen, and you apply your heart to understanding, you obey, you apply. If you call aloud for insight, that means pray and cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, that means study. He says, you want to know how to apply these things to your life? You ask God. You believe what he says. You apply it to your life. You memorize these things. You dig into the word of God to try to find more truths, to try to find more application. Then what happens? He says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. You see, what he's trying to tell us is we've got to come to a place where we don't just hear the word, where we don't just come to church and say, that was a great message, Pastor. Those were some great words to songs, but we take it and apply it every day. Now, I think most of us in here would agree that the Bible was written to to touch us and to change us and to apply. But what happens is I think many people, many young believers, and that doesn't mean age. That's talking about maturity level, and most of us would fall in that category What happens is we start trying to apply things and we struggle with where do I start? We have good intentions. We we have good hopes. We start out and say, I'm going to listen to what the pastor says. I'm going to read this and I'm going to try to apply these things to my life. But but what happens is, is, is we get frustrated and we quit. Then we just don't try anymore. We come and we take notes and we say, that's a good idea and those are good principles, but I just don't know how they're going to fit into my life, so I'm not going to try it. That's why I'm teaching this series on life-changing apps. Because you see, what I want to do is, is no matter what spiritual level you're on, no matter where you are, how long you've been a believer, where you are in your walk, I think all of us could use some encouragement on the key applications of the Word of God. 
What are some of the most important things you and I need to know and do as followers of Jesus Christ? Now, I'm going to identify these apps by walking through the book of 1 John. And uh, so if you have a Bible, turn over to 1 John. Uh, we're not going to be there real long, and I'm almost finished, but I want you to turn to 1 John. Now, John, who wrote the book of 1 John, is uh, the disciple John, the apostle John. He's the brother of James. He's the one that's considered the, uh, one of the inner circles. He and James and Peter were the inner circle that were there at Transfiguration. They were the ones that came in and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was called the one who was closest to Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved. Uh, so there, there is some uh, love there, some closeness from the apostle. And you also may remember that uh, John uh, is the only apostle that doesn't die being a martyr he's the only one that dies of natural causes now people would say well why are you doing first john if we're going to look at the teachings of jesus and how you apply them to their life well because john first john is john's follow-up to his gospel what John does in the book of 1 John, in this letter to the churches, is he takes all of the principles that are going on in his gospel and he, he brings them down and, and makes them application in real clear language. It could be a workbook companion. You, you know, have you ever had a study guide and then you had the guide there that you followed and know? That's what 1 John is for the gospel of John. It parallels the gospel of John. And what he, he says is, if Jesus says this, here's how you can apply it to your life. And it's real important because, you see, when John wrote this, this is his first letter after the Gospels, John was an old man. Uh, we believe that he was in Ephesus at the time, sometime around 85 A.D. Uh, he's probably the only disciple still alive when he writes this. And you have to remember that, that in 85 A.D., uh, as John is there, Christianity's been around for almost 60 years. And so it's spreading, and it's growing. But what's happening is as it's growing and spreading, all of these little sects and little groups and little cults and little denominations are springing up. And they are all adding a little bit to the gospel, and they are all adding a little bit to who Jesus was. And they're all talking about what Jesus did, but they're adding some of their own junk that they're bringing in from their other faiths. If they're a Jewish, some of them are bringing in the Jewish law. If they come from other faiths, if it's a pagan religion, they're bringing in pagan traditions. And so John is seeing all this happen, and he being the only really one still alive that walked with Jesus, said, I need to straighten it out. Because where he was in Ephesus was probably the, the strongest cult that was springing up. It was a cult called Gnosticism. Gnosticism comes from the Greek word Gnosis, which means to know. Gnostics thought they had a special knowledge. It was a Jewish cult. And they added Christianity into it. They still kept the Jewish law. But what Gnostics believed is that uh, your spirit and your flesh were separate at all times. And so that you could do whatever you wanted in the flesh because it didn't affect your spirit. And they believed Jesus wasn't flesh. He was spirit. Especially after his resurrection. He was just a ghost, they believed, after his resurrection because he'd already become spirit. And our goal is to become spirit. Now that goes against everything we know about God becoming flesh. And that's who John was writing to. He's trying to correct. He's trying to clear up. But more importantly than all of that, he's trying to give the followers of Jesus some clear, concise application to the truths of Jesus. And so I want you to be able to go each week and see some of these truths. I want you to be able to go each week and see some of these applications that, that really, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got to have in your life if you expect to experience all of the things that God has for you. And so as we walk through this week by week, I hope you'll bring your Bible. I hope you'll read along. I hope you'll follow through. And uh, John writes this letter to all the churches in Asia Minor, but to all believers. 
And so he's writing it to us. And so very practical stuff. And, and today I want to close by just reading you the introduction because I want you to see it. And then we're going to jump right in next week with probably the most important application, the most important app that you need. So listen with, as we read along. You can follow along. 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Now, it starts it off almost exactly like the Gospel of John. Do you remember what the Gospel of John says? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So here he's paralleling it again. That which was from the beginning, Jesus Christ, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, with our hands have touched, this we concern, uh, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And that's Jesus. That word of life is Jesus. Why is it important that he's saying, I touched him and I walked with him and I, I was there with him? Because the Gnostics believe he wasn't flesh. And so John's saying, he was. He was God become flesh and I touched him and I heard him and I was friends with him. And so he's saying that that this is what's important. The life appeared, Jesus, and we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. For we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. John says uh, the goal for you and I is to have fellowship with Christ and fellowship with one another. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this, and this is key, Why is he writing the book? He comes right out and gives you the answer. We write this so that your joy may be complete. Now I want you to listen. We write this. Why are we going to study all of these apps? So that your joy may be complete. How is your joy complete? When you discover and understand who Jesus Christ really is. And all that he's done for you. When is your joy complete? When you can begin to experience an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a joy that comes. And your joy is made complete, John tells us, when you begin to take Jesus' words and the Word of God and apply it to your life. You see, I'm afraid the church is filled with a bunch of happy Christians, but not joyful Christians. See, happiness is based on your circumstance. You got money left over at the end of the month, you're happy. Things are going good, you're happy. Kids get good grades, you're happy. Things that work good, you're happy. But you see, joy isn't based on circumstances. It's not based on situation. Joy is based on recognizing and realizing who you are in Jesus Christ and all that he's done for you. You see, what happens to us is we start out pursuing joy. But we forget that joy comes from this. And no matter what circumstance you're facing this morning, the storms of life, bad mountains, decisions, all of those things, there's an app for it. See, Jesus, in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, ends it with a very unique parable. It's a parable that you and I learned when we were children. We learned it in a song, most of us. He says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into... Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them in their notebook to save it for later. Anyone who hears these words of mine and uh, comes back next week to get some more. No. Anyone who hears these words of mine... And puts them into practice. Who applies them. Will what? Will be like one who builds his house on the rocks. 
Remember that old song? The wise man built his house upon the rocks. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down. Some of you are going to be singing that all day. And the floods came up. See, Jesus says, listen. The rains are going to come. Some of you are getting rained on today. The floods are going to hit you. The winds of life are going to blow. The question for you and I is, do you have an app for that? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Father, we ask this morning that you would speak to us, that you would open our hearts and open our minds to your truth. Father, uh, give us, Father, the strength and the perseverance it takes to read your word and apply it. Father, there's some here this morning that have not experienced your joy. Some here this morning that struggle. Father, let them accept it. Let them store it up. Let them receive it. Let them hear your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Just a minute, we're going to close with our worship. I just want to tell you, before we get into this app series, these apps are good principles, but if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, they really won't mean a whole lot to you. Because, see, the first application you need is to receive Jesus. To say, I've been trying to do life on my own, and I can't make it. I've tried uh, my solutions and my parents' solutions, and I don't have any answers. There's no joy. There's no peace. I want to tell you, the greatest app in the world is to understand that Jesus Christ loves you and forgives you and wants to help you. If you'd like to receive that this morning, you can do that right where you are. You just got to pray and ask him you want to pray i'll be here at the front i love to pray with you but right where you are all you've got to do is say jesus i've been trying i can't do it come into my heart save me words like that there's no magic words whatever's on your heart tell him the bible says he'll come in and change you but you got to ask maybe some of you here this morning your joy is long gone this morning you need to say god i want you to restore my joy Father, I want to be committed to whatever it's going to take to see the joy come back into my life, the joy come back into my relationships, the joy back into my marriage, back into my home. That comes from application. But it takes commitment. Maybe some of you here, and God's telling you this is a place that you will need to be a part of, a church home. Maybe you say, I want to join this church. Maybe you've been here for a while visiting. You say, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to plug in, be a part. If you want to do that this morning, I'll be here at the front. I can tell you how to do that. I'd love to pray with you and tell you how you can do that. Whatever God's telling you to do, you do business with Him. We're going to worship. Would you stand? I'll be here at the front. Word of God speak. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know you're in this place. Please let me stay in rest.
like they call it in Baptist churches and I'm not big on invitations